0: Study film. Like, fighters do not want to study film. I have my fighters, like, I invite them to my house. Like, I'm going to cook you, like, one of on your diet meals, and we're going to sit down and watch your opponent. They're like, no, no, no you do it. You look at it and you come up with the plan. What, what are you afraid of?
1: <laughs> what, what don't you want to see? They just want to do the spark notes.
0: Yeah, it's exactly.
1: You know, that's like, not like, going like, to get it done. Exactly.
0: So, <laughs> I, I prefer to sit there with him and, and go over, for that matter, if we have multiple coaches. Now, when coaches are making big money, when fighters make big money, you can even afford to spend more time together. You know, if you are uh, have coaches that are making you know fifty thousand dollars or less, and the coach's cut is ten percent of that, you chop up five grand. Well, there's not a lot of the, the coaches can't give up sixteen weeks of their life for a third of five grand. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But when a coach when they're making big money and they can afford to pay the guys, then take the extra time. You know, when you're going to bring home a big check, to your wife, your wife can you can justify not being home for dinner because you're going to be studying film with your fighters. So I think that that's what has to happen. Is all fighters, all coaches need to have more meeting time, more um, film time, and less at that level. I think it's a lot less about sweating and a lot more about thinking.
1: Erlanga, like last night, so I'm watching the fight. Obviously, I'm kind of waiting for the knockout. We're so used to him getting those knockouts, 16 in a row he had and then his last couple fights went the distance last night he went the distance again and people are starting to question you know who is this guy is he for real you know there's a lot of talk around that i obviously still think he's a great young fighter but he's finding his identity in there do you think if you were coaching him would you want him to lean more into the monster or would you want to mold him more into a boxer it seems like that's the divide there is what are you going to ride with do you want him to go in there like Tyson-like in the yeah. early rounds and just get right after guys and bring that excitement? Or are you saying, we gotta, we got to help mold this guy for the future because he's got to have bigger opponents soon?
0: I think that they have access to high-level sparring partners. And that, that's going to tell you. you. know, Roberto Duran used to knock out middleweights in the ring in, the, in, in practice with headgear and big gloves on. If he's doing that, if you're getting him in with guys that are at that high level and he, when he's relaxed – He's cracking people and hurting them. Well, then it's just a question of allowing him to be himself. Mm-hmm. If you're realizing, man, it, he really doesn't have the, that KO power like we thought. It was just the level of opponent that he had. Then you got to try to really develop more tools. Um, I think that sparring is just you know priceless, and uh, to get him in there with you know they have access. I mean, you know, at his level, a guy like Canelo would you know would let him come. For example, would let him come in his camp you know you could there's there's high level really high level guys that would let you have access to them especially when he was like i wouldn't wait until now now he's like on everybody's radar and he could be a potential opponent. so maybe right. not. but when he was 14 and old you know when he was 13 and old they could have got him in with some big name guys and really see where his power is and then you'll know is it does he have real power or is it he's sparking out these guys that are just no good
1: so tell me about like the thudding power like even the other day and for people who haven't been to the Fifth Street Gym on Saturdays, if you swing by around 11 a.m., like it's an amazing energy. You got people in here sparring. I'm over there working out, trying to get a sweat. We got people everywhere doing everything. You know what, what I mean? Not house. that I'm a star in this madness, but it's, it's I just come house. for the energy. It's a madhouse.
0: <laughs> yeah. And people come from all over the world. And we have a new fighter, uh, Hassan. I wish I could pronounce his African name, but he's from Tanzania. He's number 14 in the world at 154 pounds. And uh, he is not very technical. Matter of fact, he's never been in a boxing ring other than his fights. He's That'll never be, trained in boxing. Honest, ring not be too honest, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> until he came here. Yeah. Um, so he's not very technical, but I mean, he That's great. Rocks. Wait, wait.
1: So he never changed in a boxing ring? He never before.
0: trained in a boxing ring. He was trained in a volleyball court. Number 14 in the
1: world. In his last fight, he beat, like, number 12-ranked guy in London or something? Correct. With no oh coach. Oh, my God.
0: He went there with no – they sent him one plane ticket. He went there by himself. This guy's got rocks
1: in both gloves. You said you feel it when he hits the mitts, right? Yeah, it's I can just feel like... his knuckles. But it's not a pop; it's a thud. Like wow. describe the difference. Like people talk about how kind of like it's Foreman like, uh, had that thudding. Like it's
0: not; it's neither one of those. It's like uh, he's got. It's like he, he's cheating. Like he's got something in his gloves. It's illegal. it has got the plaster it going. It's not like he's smacking my hand back. It's I can feel it in my palm. His knuckles penetrating through the leather. Um, I held pads when I was telling you last week, um, the English kid, um, he just beat uh, Kyle, Cal <coughs> Cal Brooke, who I love. He also punches every punch with his knuckles. I've been fortunate being here. We have people, I've world-class fighters come on a vacation. They're like, hey, coach, give me a favor, hold a couple rounds of mitts for me. And I actually hate mitts. I don't believe in mitts. That being said, the opportunity to hold for someone like Kyle Brook. Or you know a former world champions is is a really i get an insight yeah literally i'm inside their punches seeing their speed their power their technique their lack of telegraph that's what the, all these big stars do more than everybody else they don't telegraph, and when you don't see it that's when it hurts and uh Calbrook, for example does not telegraph when he throws punches so if he's gonna get you it's gonna
1: hurt what do you think is next for Kelbrook like he just got past amir khan That was a big, like, rivalry fight that finally happened in the UK. I mean, I thought it was really cool, and and I thought it would be, like, a good send-off for both guys. Apparently Khan's like, I'm about done, which is, you know, that's another story. I wish he was done. (laughs) No disrespect to Khan, but it's, like, that time. Kell Brook, he's still rolling. And I think he looked tremendous in that fight. There's still fights out there for him. Like, do you throw him right back in the mix for, like, those top ten, top five guys? I think
0: if he's ready to make that kind of commitment... You know, it, sometimes it's not about their skill their talent, but are they really ready to do, like, the camps the way they used to do when they were, you know, when they were 25 and contending for the world title? Are they hungry like that? Yeah. They really feel like doing that for eight weeks in a row, two or three workouts a day. You know, not, it, you know, Joe Lewis said it's hard to, hard to get up and run when you're sleeping on silk sheets. I mean, I'm sure he lives a comfortable life. So does he feel like doing that? I don't know. Physically, he clearly shows. kind is so fast. Speed and reaction are the first things to go. If he can handle con speed, he can handle anybody's speed. So that's not the issue. Um, does he want to be that committed to to a fight, to a practicing day in and day out? I mean, what is he thirty three or something?
1: He's older than that. Okay. I think. Than yeah. That. He's gonna, so yeah. imagine
0: he's doing this since he's thirteen. So thirty years of day in and day out, the same five punches. Holy cow! <laughs> you can't blame me. For us, we you know, for us sitting on the couches, we wish we were there. In the main event, getting our hand raised more than anything in the world. But he's already done that. Yeah. So how many times can you get up and put your shoes on and go for that run? You know, I don't know. If it, if that doesn't bother him, he clearly can contend for a world title.
1: Yeah, we'll see. There's been some amazing cards in the UK, though. Like, with Eddie Hearn, I think he's doing an awesome awesome job with matching Like, last few weeks, there's been ridiculous, like, fight of the year with Mick Conlon and... Uh, Unbelievable. Now I'm blanking on the other guy. Unbelievable. But... You know, Wood, Lee Wood. Mick Conlon, Lee Wood. I mean, that was nuts. I've
0: right. seen Eddie Shadowbox or spar with.
1: Uh, he posted play. something I, the other day. I,
0: clearly, he doesn't know the difference between <laughs> a left hook and a fish hook, but he can promote. Yeah. He can, his matchmakers, he can run a business. That guy's smart. They know what they're doing. They're giving fans fights that they want to see, not just famous names. Yeah. They're giving them, they're putting together fights of guys that are, are going to make a, a real fight out of it. And he knows, the English fans, that they they, they want to see that more than they want to see titles and names and nonsense they want to see people killing each other and it it's it gonna pay off
1: yeah I think Randall, the the,
0: Metro keeps
1: growing. the pressure's on i think officially because people are starting to like recognize the bullshit and be like look we don't want to see a the odd sheet and see some guy who's a minus three thousand favorite going into this fight like this is ridiculous you see eddie Hearn at the ufc event yesterday in london sitting next to dana white that event was on fire in the o2 and no one puts on better fights like the UFC. They make it super competitive. I think Eddie Hearn's like learning a lot from Dana White and clearly buddies with him. And I think it's rubbing off in a good way. He understands, look, the fans want to see high-level competitive cards, not just the main event. They want to see from the top down yeah. excitement. And he's starting to do it, I think, in the U.K., which is awesome. Well,
0: nobody, wants to, nobody wants to spend three hours waiting for the fight. Yeah, You want to watch good fights. Real fight fans go with the prelims. <laughs> they don't want to see junk all the way until then. They want to enjoy the whole night fights. And they and for the money that they charge, you should get that. That being said, for the money that's out there, now that we have, you know, really, with the internet, you could sell tickets some way, shape, or form to everybody in the world. Maybe in poorer countries they sell them for less, but before you never got one penny from those countries. There's so much money out there to be had for the promoters and the fighters. If I were someone like Calbrook, you know, I would keep... I, they'd have to drag me out of there. I'd be like, uh, like Brady. <laughs> I wouldn't retire for anything. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> but I don't know. Better fights, it. where it's at. That's how it used to be. You used to be able to get bangers in there all the time. You didn't have to be undefeated. You know, things got uh, convoluted with uh, with um, Mayweather being fifty and zero, and that became such an issue. But now, you know, when I first started getting involved in boxing, there used to be a book that looked almost like a Bible, and that was the records so of everybody for the whole year. You couldn't go on Box Wreck and realize the guy just lost.
1: So, you this know. was like a real encyclopedia of Box Wreck you got to flip through. And like.
0: and you look and you saw the guy lost last year and you tried to judge. Unless you, so, in turn, you went to every fight as a coach, as a manager. You don't a, know what
1: you're getting. As a wannabe, that. as a water
0: boy. I went to every single boxing match I'd get my hands on. I would go and uh, you'd try to see. And you typically, most of the fights you'd almost always fight local people unless it was for. Something important, you know? Um, because you know, don't know who you're you going to no see. Idea. You're just you going to no show idea. up.
1: Like.
0: You have no You had no idea who you
1: yeah. were going to see.
0: Guy's 14-0. And, and then you look. By the time he fights you, he could be 17 or more, he could be 14-3. <laughs> <coughs> so um three So, you know, you have to do your homework. Yeah. All these things. Everything that requires anything successful. you got to do your homework. So uh, it's easier to do your homework these days. But even the fans can do their homework now. They yeah. can go look and they can say, oh, this guy's 20 no He fought nobody. Yeah, He's from yeah, Kansas. Yeah. He's never fought anybody ever. The yeah. best fighter he fought was eleven and thirty.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And then you then you realize what you're getting. And then after you watch that bad fight, then you, then you, the next time you're not you're not paying next time.
1: Exactly. You learn your lesson. So Daniele is fighting uh, soon in yeah. Italy, Former and the
0: WBA champion.
1: There you go, and that's a Matroom event, right? OPI so and Matroom yeah, co-promote. Um, help me understand, and the people like watching. This is my opinion or what I think is happening. It's a changing of the guard, right, in terms of this is the face of Italian boxing. I think Daniele's already kind of there as a star in Europe. But this is like an official passing of the torch, right, as Daniele now is the face of Italian. Yeah, that
0: kid's a little older to Carlos. He's a tough guy that will come in super good shape. I mean, you know, you look at him, he couldn't be built any better. He couldn't be any fitter. I think he works out year-round. Uh, unlike Daniele, who's not afraid to put on a few pounds, I think DiCarlo stays on it all the time. Um, that being said, is much bigger, much... Uh, they stay, they're say listed at the same height, but I saw them stand next to each other. Danny's you know, a little bit taller, he's got longer arms, so um, we feel you know confident that if we do our homework... I've, I've, man, I've been sick the last couple of days, you hear my voice, I've watched more Carlos than I've watched anything else for the last three days. So, that being said, i watched it alone. Uh, Danny didn't want to sit with me, but uh, I will... Uh, I will prepare him as much as possible. Does he smile. not like watching?
1: Like he likes just hearing the advice from you. He doesn't like seeing it himself. Is that yeah. like he doesn't?
0: He he wants me to essentially digest it for him and, and, okay. and give it to him the web and give it to him. You know his whole career. Um, and I, a lot of, a lot of my fighters are like that. And I don't think it's just they have supreme confidence in me because we. You know I may not have a stable like some people have, but it's the, we are very close. And my fighters are like family, literally. They, we go to each other's houses. and We eat dinner together with our families. We travel together. When <coughs> when when Danny fights in Italy, my whole family will come out and we'll spend time together. So um, we have a uh, you know, there's obviously a super high level of trust. That being said, I always think the more homework, the better. You know, um, but you know, Danny will come in super good shape. Uh, his cardio is get You know, if any, you know, some guys got power, some guys got speed. A lot of, you know they have all these things that everybody gets more experience as they go but no one's got a gas things like this kid yeah i've never seen
1: anything like it i've seen it in the gym uh some of the sparring sessions it's incredible how he like melts guys in the later rounds and it's uh you know not the best comparison at all but it's an easy one to make i think for the listeners is like if you look at a guy like a nate diaz i'm not really comparing them yeah. style wise no. but in terms of like breaking up the will you look Absolutely. at a guy in the UFC, Nate Diaz, he's always in your face. When is this guy going to slow down? He's not going to. He's going to be there till the end. I think Danny like has, has those the, the traits. The difference
0: is, is that in between the rounds, Danny winks at you, smiles at you, tells you what good a job you he's did. He's not
1: giving you the double bird. He's not, he's not, even,
0: not even making you mad. It makes even, I, I think it's worse. Um, at least you... Nate will light a fire under you maybe give you another round. This kid hugs you and takes the fight that out of you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a really nice he's guy. Salsa dancing, he's salsa dancing. He's got exactly the, you know. He couldn't be having I mean, he makes the most. He, he would rather, if you ever seen his Instagram, he'd rather be on a yacht in the Mediterranean. That being said, he really has a good time training. Yeah, he's got the
1: bad boy look down the, uh, yeah, down pat. So things, I think yeah. he's got some big advertisers you know, coming in, in.
0: You know, in, in Italy, it's, it's remarkable. I was in a pizza restaurant in the middle of the night in, uh, in Rome, which is you know, it's like the difference between New York and Miami. It's far, and uh, the guy, the, the chef goes, "Hey, uh, Scardina, Scardina." <laughs> I go, "No, no, no, coach." He goes, "Yeah, coach, the Scardina." I said, "Yeah," and we, ate, I ate as much pizza as I could fit in my face for free. <laughs> so he is quite a celebrity there. He done a, he just did a Christian Dior ad.
1: Yeah, that's big. They time. Did only I saw a that.
0: couple international athletes. Uh, the only other boxer was um, what's his name? Uh, from Canelo's camp. Uh, Mike Garcia, not Mike Garcia. Ryan.
1: Ryan Garcia. Yep. And uh, talk about another guy who's leaving town. I mean, he's joining Joe Goosen, which is interesting, but
0: you know, if I were a fighter, out of all these famous coaches, he's the only guy I would go to.
1: Yeah, great choice. It's just interesting for him to leave Canelo's camp. It's yeah. like wow, like the pound for pound number one. You don't want to be around that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, maybe there, he feels like he's not getting enough attention. Yeah. How can you give him enough attention if they're training at the same time? It's impossible. You're only, you're only one. You know, you're only one man. You can only give so much attention. Number two is if you're making five million bucks on a Canelo fight, or you, as a coach, or you're making a million bucks on a Canelo fight, whatever you know, whatever his cut is, and you're making fifty thousand, it, it's
1: just. It, it's just natural. It's just yeah. natural, yeah. Well, let's so, go back to Italy for a second because what is Dino eating next? I know you've been talking about that. You've been posting on Instagram. You've been highlighting a lot of local spots in Miami. I,
0: I, uh, I'm Catholic. So Lent has come, and I have given up everything that I love for Lent. I've given up pasta, pizza, all desserts. So that's why I mean, are not you been... invited
1: to Sunday yeah. dinner with the family? I mean, you got the Italian roots. Yeah, what yeah. are you eating?
0: It's, it's been canceled. <laughs> um, so uh, it's been sad, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm like almost 20 days in. Uh, we got 20 some odd days to go, and uh, I will Lent will be over when I'm in Italy. So everybody will see a lot of what is Dino's eating next: <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner when I get off that plane. All right,
1: we got some food content coming. Then Absolutely. that's good. we would do a jujitsu as well. You got the shirt on. You got the recent win. I, competed. I yeah.
0: competed. Yeah, I haven't competed in a long time in anything. And uh, my daughter, I started her jujitsu during pandemic, and I want I, I started doing it with her because I want to lead by example and not force her to do something she doesn't want to do because it's, it's a very uncomfortable sport. That being said, for all the parents, especially of daughters out there, like 60% of the curriculum is taught from the rape situation. Literally, you're on your back with your legs open and I want her to be able to defend herself from that situation. Um, It's something that most people quit. The the, the attrition rate in Jiu Jitsu is astronomical. So uh, when she doesn't want to go, I say, come on, we're going. Also, I want her to be able to do it under pressure, which is the only simulation of pressure is competition. Not that I care if she ever wins a trophy or a medal, That does not gonna do anybody any good. But I want her to, to compete, to be, put pressure on her, to her to react in those circumstances. So in turn, I competed to be an example. Um, I know it's not a big accomplishment relative to what Jiu-Jitsu players are accomplishing out there. It's, a, it's blue belt, it's men. I actually, there was nobody in my division. There was nobody in the 50-year-old division. I had to go down to the 40-year-old division and it's ultra heavyweight.
1: Well, that's that's <laughs> impressive. You're going to the younger guys. Oh, like, well,
0: yeah, a little bit younger. They're still not they're no spring chickens, <laughs> trust me. But uh, but it was really just to be an example for my daughter. I had a blast doing it. My coaches are they treat me like I'm fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. They're unbelievable, uh, so attentive at fight sports. Um, you know, Cyborg was traveling, and before I even finished, I, I got to my phone. And it was the, my first message was from Cyborg. <laughs> this guy's like an 11 time world champion or more, and he's got better things to do than worry about an overweight old blue belt. But he was right on it. And, uh, you know, Fight Sports on place, and uh, it's really good. Matter yeah. of fact, if things go well, um, there might be a uh, – we might have a Fight Sports Miami Beach uh, sooner or later. So keep, we'll keep your wow, face there
1: a little exclusive there. That's it. So also you've been doing the uh – Saturday morning workouts, you're, you're doing some stuff outside now for people who are interested, right? You got you know, A lot of
0: our people, well, a lot of, the bridge, the traffic's been out of control.
1: Yeah. Can't cross the too many people moving down here. It's I'm it. one of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Too many New Yorkers. So uh, we have a problem with the traffic so people can't come. So I'm trying to expose us to the downtown people over the bridge, Miami, the city proper opposed to Miami Beach, and uh, we have an outdoor uh, facility that's a, a soccer field. We have outdoor bags. The weather, if not at 9.45 in the morning, is, even though it's hot during the day, it's it's very nice in the morning. And uh, the fresh air, we have a live DJ. Energy's out of control. I have a microphone, so I'm screaming into the microphone, so it's twice <laughs> as loud. And uh, it's, every bag has been filled. Uh, it's been great. So if you get a chance, you can logo on my Instagram, at Dino Fixery Gym, and you can see the address, and you can come by and check it out.
1: Awesome. So everyone go check that out. I think let's close out with a little boxing talk, some of the highlights of the recent weeks and things to come um, as far as boxing news. So Tyson Fury, Dillian White, they were talking about that a little bit last night. They're filling out that Wembley Stadium, 90,000 plus. They're asking for more tickets. Tyson Fury is saying it's my last fight. I'm done after this. I mean, I think he's just trying to sell some tickets yeah, there. Sure. But from a coach's perspective, a guy like Tyson Fury, he's got control of the world right now. You know, every the world is his oyster. He's fighting Dillian White, but you have those bigger fights looming: Usyk, Joshua. Um, how do you keep a guy focused like that? I know Tyson Fury is a special guy, but how do you have him not look past the Dillian White?
0: Just you got to just be with him. You got to be with him all the time because you, as the coach, are what separates his life from the you know the rest of his life. You know, when he's with his family, when he's with his friends, they can, essentially, the, the conversation and the energy can go anywhere. When you're there, you just are on that topic like you're on to the point where you're annoying. You're always like, they not like this and they not like that and they not like this and they not like that. And you just, you can't, you just stay out of them. It's really just a matter of that. And you really, as a coach, you sacrifice a lot of time with your own family and your own friends and your own free time. Um, now, I'm sure he pays them super handsomely, so that's not the issue. But um, you just stay on their ass because they're gonna drift, they're gonna wander, they're human, even though he's a special guy, I know, but he's gotta think, of, you know, he's got a million things to think about. Um, he's got options. The only the danger of it is, and you even see when someone that gets just to like Danny's level, they can't help themselves, but they almost try to become the coach. There's things, they're always like, making, can we work on this? Can we work on that? Can you, you know, they start asking very leading questions. That you can see they want to, this is what they've come to the conclusion of and uh, you may or may not, you may disagree and you have to stand your ground and not let them decide that we're going to do this today. You know, or you, you know, it's very easy for them to go, you know, after sparring like, I'm going to get out of here. It's very easy like, they did a great job of sparring, yeah, let them out of there. When Normally they would have done 400 abs and 100 neck exercises. <coughs> so it's just being consistent and they expect that of you. They don't, if you are inconsistent, that's when you get the problem. If you let them go after sparring one day. And the next day, no, you gotta stay and do your abs. Now you're a jerk. If you've always made him stay and do abs, then you are who you are. <laughs> yeah. But it's easy, it's 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 tiring to fight with someone that is someone as strong in the personality as these people are. I mean, to try to you know argue with Tyson Fury's gotta be a nightmare. But you have, even if he wins the argument, if he leaves and doesn't do his abs or whatever it is, you know, you have to show your consistency, and that is what's gonna keep them on track. That's the one thing they need to count on. I know that you know. Uh, I got so lucky to be mentored by Angelo Dundee, and Angelo Dundee was Angelo Dundee, day in and day out with all the fighters. Um, he let them be themselves, but he was he stayed the same. Yeah, there's certain things he never gave in on. He never he never had any he never did pads, and he never had anybody hold pads. He never let them play music. He never let them play music. He screamed at me for music and pads, and I had it on because it's kind of the atmosphere. In the gym, and pads are such a common thing.
1: I can't, I can't understand the no music. I mean, that that's no, the one thing for me.
0: Yeah, like. the no music is that the fighters need to find their own rhythm. Gotcha. Okay. And that they, and
1: if you see during sparring or or like even training, training the yeah, yeah, you want to find yeah. rhythm,
0: you don't want to bounce along to that baseline. Yeah, that's
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, you could see a lot of fighters have danced dance with the stars. They've all been terrible. They're not good dancers. What makes them so special is their own rhythm. They, their opponents can't find it. They can't figure it out. They can't pick it up. They all throw jab, cross, hook, and uppercuts. What makes them special is that little bit of they're just a little off. Yeah. And that that's just enough to offset someone that is equally talented but can't catch their rhythm. And I really, that, that really shows. And that's why, you know, um, and I have some coaches. We play music <coughs> during sparring just on all the time. Now, if you've ever been to a professional fight, obviously you have, the music in there is loud in between rounds. Yeah. It's not quiet. No. So I try to create that atmosphere of energy, people. I like when the people yell out. They have no business. Dad, hit him to the body. Jam, use your. Please, that's real fighting. <laughs> your dad's in the front row. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's screaming to <laughs> yeah. do something. And you've been here. You've heard that voice since you're an infant. And now I'm telling you to do the exact opposite thing. Let your dad come and yell. I love when. I'll never tell you his name He's from. Uh, from California, he comes here to spar with his dad. Um, he's a 140-pound contender, 135-pound contender. Um, come on, help me out. All Bez? No, 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 he's a black kid, a black American. Great kid, Devin, great family. Devin Haney. Devin Haney. Thank yeah. you. Devin Haney's the best.
1: Yeah, I should, I should be on like uh, Jeopardy or yeah, something, exactly. Boxing Jeopardy.
0: <laughs> Devin Haney is the nicest, please and thank you. His dad's always like, oh, thanks for having us. Blah blah blah. They couldn't be any like more soft-spoken. Literally, they hug and kiss me when they walk in the door.
1: They go in the spar and their dad starts talking crazy trash about our fighters. Don't they have also – I've seen in like the whatever you call it, 24-7 <laughs> or back, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And you have – Devin Haney has a dad, and then he also has some guy like wearing these big Coke bottle glasses who just talk shit the whole time. Absolutely. And, and that's and all he, – like he just – My
0: fighters are like, why do you let him come here and do that? Tell him to shut up.
1: It's like a personal I don't want him
0: or. to shut up. I want them to do it because that's what's going to happen – you're gonna fight people like that, and you're gonna get that. Get used to wire. Who cares what Devin Haney's dad says? Yeah. What's the difference? Why are you getting at that shit? It, it changes how but his son can fight his ass off. He's smacking your mouth. You think that that's what matters? <laughs> that the, the fact that Devin's kicking the shit out of you—not that his dad is talking. If you can't concentrate on someone throwing punch 150 miles an hour at your face, you better get a new job. So, I encourage that. Uh, one time we had a, it was great. We had a Kazakhstan fighter here. Kid barely spoke English, and. Uh, Devin Hayes dance, tell him, You wanna quit? You wanna quit? That's it, I know you wanna quit. You wanna quit? And the kid's ice cold. We call him the Iceman. He doesn't, he's got no, no response to anything. You can buy him a new car, he wouldn't even smile. <laughs> he's got no reaction to anything. So then he's yelling, yelling and yelling, then the round's over. I go, by the way, he doesn't speak English, and the whole gym boss out laughing. <laughs> um but it's fun, like that, like, okay, so I, you know, I got a little jab in on the dad, and the dad gets one on me. Like, who cares? Yeah. Real fights, that happens. Real ways that stuff happens. You are going to get all upset because of that? So I encourage all that stuff. I want everyone to have a good time. I want everyone to be I want Devin Haney and his team to be themselves, and I want us to be ourselves and, and act accordingly.
1: Yep, it's a, it's like a live concert in here. Eleven a.m. Saturdays, sparring, entertainment. You never know who's going to walk in, so it's an yeah, awesome. It's crazy,
0: and you know, there's another there's another very unique thing to both Miami Beach and the Fishery. It really is
1: unique too. Like I don't think people understand. Like I didn't really get it either when I first yeah. showed up. I was like, wow, this place is a little different. Like, there's boxing gyms, you know, obviously all over the place, but a lot of them like have a very that I've been to for like a very kind of serious, like hostile environment almost. Yeah. Like you walk in, and you're like, oh, like I hope I don't get like punched in the yeah. face. This is you walk in, you're saying hello to everyone. It's a very like fun atmosphere, and then you got the fighters in there going at it. Like it's uh, you know
0: the fighters all fight. From what I know, fighters are. I mean, they're they're. they're They're real men on so many levels. And real men love real women. And there's really hot women here all the time. And you can see it. I mean, I'm I'm up there paying attention. When they're sparring and they see the girl that's taking a break from her jump rope to look over and watch them, they step on the gas every time. (laughs) I promise you, every time. It's guaranteed. The other thing is they also, because of social media, people start filming. You get one of the girls to put her cheek. I, I do it all the time. I have them pretend. I go pick up your camera and aim at the ring. All of a sudden you see them, they try to kill each other. <laughs> Don't do anything for a hot chick. So um, I uh, that that just adds one more element, which is what it's like in the real fights. Real fights, look in the front row, it's all celebrities, it's all movie stars, it's hot chicks all over the place. The ring girls are, you know, superstars. So that is more makes it more and more realistic. And that's why people love coming here to far. You know, Devin Haney comes here and he's on vacation. He's not even training, he comes here just because it's so much
1: fun. I'm not sure he goes on vacation either, right? I mean, he's one of those guys who's he keeps his body tight all all year round. He seems yeah. like he's well, one if a guy's on vacation, gym. that's yeah. the kind of guy he is, you know? Right, right. So, but and, he's not
0: in camp per se, and he's out here
1: working. And he's a guy I think he's different than a Ryan Garcia, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious right now. No disrespect to Ryan, I think he has a great win over Luke Campbell, but clearly he's not. At least it seems like from what the outside, maybe I'm wrong and he's in the gym every day working his ass off, but it seems like he's a guy who's more in and out of the gym. He's doing celebrity type shit. And Devin Haney's, you know, he's boxing. He's in there. He's Devin Haney's
0: dad, you can, you know, a lot of these dads I think are goofs and they distract from a child. I think this guy's got it right. He, he's been exposing him to superstar coaches his whole life. He learns from everybody, they're very open minded. Um, I mean, I, you know, he's got it. He's got it, He's got it right. He knows what he's doing. He's a so smart. The dad's a really sharp guy, and uh, he uh, he keeps his his kids having the game.
1: Yeah, you should be fighting for the undisputed title soon. But like Loma and Camboso supposed to fight. Um, obviously, Loma's in Ukraine. Like, who knows how that's going to play out? But um, do you think like I don't know who's the guy in that division? Maybe you're a little biased towards Devin Haney. Maybe not. But
0: I mean, I like Devin a lot. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, you know. The other kid, the kid that just lost a belt.
1: Tia Fimo. Tia Fimo yeah. is
0: so big and strong. Yeah. I don't know if he can make that weight anymore. I
1: know he might be going up. I think that.
0: Campbell was... um, is the harder you know, such a hard worker. Um, I think he caught the right guy on the right day. You know, I, I, he may be the least talented of that group, um, but he's been here and he looks, he looks unbelievable in person. So it's, you know, he may be the least talented. It's not about being the best fighter. It's about being the best fighter on that night. Right. It's only that night. So Cambosis did it when it counted. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Nothing else. All, all your potential and all your past are all bullshit. It matters right now, that night, and that's all that counts. And he did it, and that's why he's got all the belts. And he deserved it. His team is good. His coach is good. So they got what they deserve. Everything. Because they earned it. So uh, it just depends. Then I think all these guys could be. Anybody could be any one of these guys on any given Sunday. Yeah. But who can do it when it counts remains to be seen.
1: It immediately makes me go to Josh Taylor and Catterall. Because Josh Taylor, when you talk about these guys, how deserving they are of having the titles and and the money payout, Catterall got robbed. I mean, Josh Taylor did not win that fight. It was in his hometown, and he was not the guy on the night. Maybe he is the better fighter, but he was not the guy on the night. And then to get robbed like that, like that's the biggest issue in boxing right oh, now sure. is the judges and it's i think you know people harp on it over and over again yeah. how do we fix it maybe we get more judges maybe live scoring i know coach guy and i talked about open scoring i think the wbc had done that in the past we There's just did pros open cons, for,
0: for the noel never fight mccain
1: how'd you like it and
0: I, I i liked it a lot but when it, we went the first four rounds we didn't get touched i mean not touched and one of the judges had us down had us two to two I was like, what is he insane? Now fortunately the other had us 4-0, so it didn't matter, but um, I can't I, you, You're still you're still. it's not like you can tell you could tell your fighter to do more But what could more could he have done? You know you don't want to have your fighter have to knock somebody out because there's bad scoring. That's not right He was outboxing that guy give him a, a lesson making a miss and fall over himself. He shouldn't have to do anything more than that um
1: because but it is what it is, though, right? So I mean, that's
0: what I'm saying. So, if you know what the score is, what's the difference?
1: You got to knock them out.
0: Okay, but and then you don't, and you still, you still should, you
1: you should have won. It's not right, but if yeah. that's what it is, I mean, like, I guess it gives you would one different option. You rather know, yeah. right?
0: I, I'll tell you though, when I'm in, I, I was once we were fighting for the European title, uh, uh, Belal Lagoon, at, uh, I want to say cruiserweight, maybe light heavyweight, and we we're fighting in um, Croatia, and we we're fighting a Croatian fighter for the belt, and I said, man, you better finish this guy because they're going to rob you. I'll tell you right now. I'm in the corner on the microphone t- yelling at him. You're winning. It's not enough. I need a knockout. I need a knockout. So he winds up winning a decision, and uh, the whole it was chaos, the whole thing. The brother of the fighter was the president of the Croatian Hells Angels. They set, <laughs> up, the, they set up the fight for 11 o'clock. We should go out. At 9 o'clock, they're bay on door. Come on, you're let's go. Go. But that was a kid at the time. You know, most... You no, know, coaches are usually we're in our forties and fifties and sixties and these kids are in their twenties. That's very stressful for them, which was the idea. I said, We're not going anywhere. I locked the door, we're not going anywhere. The president of the House Angels was banging our door. You're next. You're next. I said, I said, go, below. relax, we're not going. Anywhere. I sat there quietly. I go, just relax. I didn't even answer. We finally go out there, they're screaming we've been waiting the TV, just lie, just bullshit. Yeah. We get out there and I'm saying you're gonna get robbed. I already you know, I feel like it's this is yeah, emotion
1: set function. up against you.
0: So he winds up really shutting the guy out, whooping his ass, and uh, but doesn't stop him. So later that night, I'm in the hotel lobby, in, in these small European did he get the cities. win or he, he you got up the win? He, okay, out, <laughs> I was like, and he shuts him out. He wins. Okay. So we, I mean, you know, all these towns. There's nowhere to go in these European towns at night. There, this is not Manhattan. There is nothing to do. So everybody winds up like getting like delivery and eating in the lobby and hanging out the lobby, the bar, even the bar closed. So the judge was from Poland, and he's like, uh, "You're telling me, you're telling me." He smoked a cigarette outside. He's like, you're telling me he's not good. He won on every, he, I had him winning on every single round. What are you talking about? You could have got your fighter knocked out. So you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm worried about getting robbed, so I wanted to finish him. And I could've, we could have lost the fight because of that.
1: Right. Now, in turn,
0: you want to win in the last rounds super convincingly. Yeah. And I wasn't worried. And Bilal had a chin, so I wasn't worried about that. The guy was too tired. We were conditioned. So, I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't just me thinking about the, the, the judges. But it really shouldn't affect the way it does. And uh, it does. It It affects the coaching, it affects the the crowd, it affects everything. And it affects your career. You take that loss, the next thing you know, you're fighting. Instead of fighting for, instead of defending your belt for a million dollars, you're fighting some up and start that, you know, thinks that he can get where you are for $40,000. The same camp, the same training, the same intensity, the same sparring for $40,000 instead of a million dollars. Man, how could you do that to somebody? When they say robbery, they're literally taking money off your family's table
1: yeah that's the biggest thing with Catterall too like he so he just got robbed <coughs> like everyone was pretty much unanimously like he you won the fight okay so now josh Taylor's saying i'm probably going to go up and wait so he's going to vacate those belts go up who's to say caderal is going to get a shot at those belts now because he's not really a star he's not that big of a name like not you know well, the sanction body he could be like just boxed out now Essentially,
0: body should make him a contender. Yeah. yeah, it's obvious. I mean, that, that they could, they're allowed to do that, but they're they don't. They don't make those moves. They don't do what's right all the time. Sometimes they do, and sometimes there's a lot. Like we're, we want to fight for the cruiserweight belt. Canelo might fight for the cruiserweight belt. What do we? There's millions and millions of dollars at stake. We, we could yell at them. I could send a letter to the WBC. What's that having? That's a, that doesn't put food on anybody's table. So we're gonna wait. We have no choice to we'll wait for Canelo and see what he's gonna do.
1: And that's within the WBC, correct? Correct. Yeah. And maybe it'd be interesting to explain like why you couldn't go outside of the WBC. Like, do they just have full control over? No, 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 absolutely no. not. There's no control at all. Because you say we are fighting for the we're fighting for the title. But why not, why the, not the, the WBO? Because why we're not, not the w... We're not
0: rated that high. Okay. Because we fought for um we fought for a, a stepping stone title in the WBC and got a great opportunity. Uh, through Global, Global Legion and the WBC to fight for that title to get to move up in the rankings. He was already high in the rankings already. He got moved up. Now he fought for the Silver Belt and he's there. So now that is the shortest road. If he were to fight for one of those other sanction banks, he have to fight another fight like this mm-hmm. to then get the title fight.
1: And maybe another network or whatever. I mean, The last one was on Probellum too, which is so we're, Lou is involved with. We're signed with Probellum. Yeah. yeah.
0: Noel's with Probellum. So um They're going to make the moves. Then I mean, we can just hurry up and wait. I mean, he banged his hand up a little bit. The glove situation, you never – people are sitting at home have no idea. We brought uh, gloves from uh, – what's the Canadian company?
1: <coughs>
0: Come on, Jeopardy. Um, French-Canadian company. Um,
1: I'm not going to get this one. I only got like four core gloves. Winning, Grant, Everlast. It's
0: the other famous one. Rival.
1: Rival, okay. Uh, see, I get the points. There you go. So Rival,
0: <laughs> we bring Rival gloves for us and for the opponent. The commission of Latvia, who's not a player in boxing, decides the gloves are too hard, so they give us new gloves. They they get they go to the store,
1: like Dick Sporting
0: Goods. <laughs> of Latvia, imagine they go to the store and they buy two pairs of rival gloves, sixteen ounce fight gloves. There's nothing illegal yeah. about them, but they were so small, I had to wrap Noel's hands half the wrap as I normally put on to fit his big hand in the glove. In turn, he wanted to partner his luck because he had half the patio. They
1: just happened to be small? Like, all gloves are Still make 16 fit. outs, but yeah, it's they're, different. They're, yeah. you know
0: I used to have a, a fighter named Fresno Kendall. We fought at Holyfield for the world title or for a stepping stone title that would have qualified for the world title. And um, we were fighting at the Alamo Dome, big press conference. They give us the gloves on stage. Fres wears extra large, everlast. That's what he wears. He's got giant hands. He could palm a basketball. That's how big his hands are. Mm-hmm. They gave us large. I'm on the stage like we've never been to a boxing match, trying to get the gloves in. With no wraps on it, we couldn't get them in.
1: Wow,
0: yeah. So all there's so many details. Does that benefit
1: you ever, ever? Then it's like a freaking rock in there, right?
0: Not if you break your hand.
1: No, yeah. You know? <laughs> so you, you know, but you think a, it'd be piercing through the leather, the leather. I mean, there's like... a reason
0: why fighters wrap because yeah. there's so many punches. On. Yeah. You know, if it's a street fight, you're going to throw one crack. You don't need to have your hands wrapped. But you're going to throw 200 punches. You better, have, you better be prepared.
1: Wow. Well, Lou DiBella, you can't be you can't be uh, bummed about that, right? Being involved with uh, Lou DiBella well, and Pro Bellum, they just brought him in. And, yeah,
0: I think that the you know the more, I don't, I think in boxing, the more heads the better. I don't think that too many chefs will no. I think it's the opposite. I think that it, it it comes down to as many connections as possible. I just think he's one with of the Eddie more Hearn. creative
1: guys in the space. I mean, like we've talked about Eddie Hearn, and and I think he's awesome, but Lou DiBella as like an older face in boxing he is one of the more creative guys because he, he helped create a lot of a lot of different segments and features on HBO that did really well like um what is it called night after night of boxing whatever the series was called yeah. blank you know, and it was awesome and, no, and he's, he's probably going to be looking to do that with Bell. he's
0: done it all so he uh he'll have access plus you know he's, he's a Harvard graduate he's got a lot of connections he, he was in TV. You know, it's, it all. You know, in the end, it comes down to your connections, and he's got them. So I think it's going to be very, especially on the American side. The rest of Pro Bellum has been locked up. I think that they'll get a, I think they'll get a lot of good things done. But again, we're in the, the, this odd. We just happen to be caught in this Canelo thing, and Canelo ain't going to fight out. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, there you have it. We got Noel McCalion, another belt, and he's going to be fighting again soon on Pro Bellum with Lou DiBella, which is exciting. We got Daniele up there. If you can see it on camera, he's fighting again soon in Milan. Awesome. May
0: thirteenth, he's fighting DeCarlos. The there you so go. will be on Matchroom and on uh, the Zone.
1: There you go. So everyone, go check that out. Everyone, go to YouTube, hit subscribe at the Pod Matrix. Follow me on Instagram at Brooklyn Boxing Podcast. Dino, where can they see this food content that's coming very soon? I know Lent is coming. around the Lent corner. Lent almost but...
0: over. Uh, at Tino Fifth Street Gym, both on Instagram and on YouTube, you can get all of the content: boxing tips, lunch tips, dinner tips, all kind of tips.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. The Pod Matrix.